Robin, you need to work that into your set. Nick, one more time. Give me the... Tech, 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 tech EU presents... Sound effects. We need them. And now it's time for the Tech EU Drive at Five with Robin Bouters and Dan Taylor. Let's do this. Well, all right, all right, all right. You have found it. This is the Tech EU Drive at Five. I am your host, Dan Taylor. And we are the George you're looking for. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Admittedly, the Drive at Five did take a bit of a breather last week. That had to do with, well, quite frankly, the entire TechEU editorial team being here, there, and everywhere. And in fact, this week, Kate, where's Kate? She's on her way to Edinburgh. Glasgow. 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 Same difference. Best country in the world. Here comes the hate mail. But uh, we've decided to bring in a friend of the show and a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Stick Nevens. No, strike that. It's Nick Stevens. And uh, I'd like to think that Nick is uh, he's, he's my go-to guy when it comes to things uh, chat, GPT, ABC, LMNOPQRS related uh, and AI. So he's going to be talking about some... Uh, uh, some AI-related stuff and, and what's going on in the ecosystem. But uh, let's get right into it because there was a heck... I mean, it was a short week, but there was a lot of stuff happening. Uh, Robin, what do, you, what do you got? First of all, I'm a little bit intimidated by Nick joining us. Welcome, by the way, because he has all this equipment. He's such a professional. Like, I feel a little bit... He's got gear. <laughs> I'm a lot intimidated by gear. Nick joining us. <laughs> Can you play one of those fancy sound effects, Nick? There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Oh uh, so, without further ado, I wanted to talk about a couple of uh, noteworthy acquisitions or potential acquisition, almost acquisitions uh, that we've uh, monitored for this week, which is not really surprising in times like these when even the bigger tech scale-ups that seem to be in a pretty good position just two years ago now need to seriously think about how they're going to come out of this downturn. Uh, Dan, I believe you will talk about one of them, uh, get there potentially buying Flink uh, very yep. soon on this very podcast. Yep. Uh, but I wanted to highlight another story, which is that Sky News uh, reported that the European e-scooter giant Tier Mobility uh, is working with bankers at Catalyst to explore their options for a potential merger with or an outright sale of the company to one of its rivals. Uh, Tier, for those who don't know, is based in Berlin. They've raised around $650 million dollars. Uh, according to Crunchbase, from investors like SoftBank, uh, Nordzone, Muvadala, the whole range of late-stage uh, big-name investors. Um, but now Sky News reports that Tier was actually looking to raise hundreds of millions more from those investors and other ones. Uh, but in this environment, of course, late-stage funding rounds are unlikely to happen, or at least not on the terms that are making founders happy campers these days. Mm. Uh, so that's a story that we'll be keeping a very close eye on because it seems like this is just the beginning of uh, sort of the the next chapter for Tier. But uh, yeah, we'll continue to watch that story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't know. Uh, you know, obviously these things happen over months and months and months. I mean, but I'm I'm wondering what Tier's presence in Paris was, and if the uh, removal of the e-scooters off Parisian streets has anything to do with it. Very little, I would say. Um, yeah. More to do with the stage that they're. I mean, they they were valued at two billion dollars when they last raised funding, but that's mm. twenty twenty one. So that's yeah. two years ago. Seems mm. like we're in a different world, different times now. So they're they're clearly sl- struggling to sort of maintain that valuation and grow at the pace that they're uh, were supposed to uh, according yeah. to that valuation. So they're looking for 
alternative options. Yeah, which is funny. I mean, I don't know. Here in London, Tier is the is the scooter of of my choice. I I don't know why. I mean, there's there's Dot and there's Lime, but I I just usually go for the for the uh, the Tier scooter. But I will say that their e bikes um, are pretty ugly. So uh, yeah, mm. ugly bikes, ugly bikes. But uh, it's also been a week. <laughs> I think I think that was a lion roaring business. Roaring Ooh. business, yeah. For for those of you that don't get it, tier uh, is the German word for animal. So uh, if you go back and you look at some of the early branding from tier, they often feature tiger stripes or uh, a copy around an urban jungle. So uh, that that's where the that's where the tier comes from, and, and I think that's where Nick's lion roar was headed. Uh, although I think it was a, a little bit uh, late way, on, on the placement. But have you ever noticed that all of these companies have four-letter words? Dot, Lime, Tear, Bolt, uh, what else? Bird? Wonder wow. why. No. Consp- conspiracy, clearly. I have never wondered that. Huh. Such an interesting point. <laughs> it is an interesting <laughs> Thank point. Thanks, Fiona. Thanks for chipping in there from Thailand. <laughs> but speaking of interesting points, the TechEU Summit is coming up. Robin, when is the TechEU Summit? TechEU Summit is going to be on Wednesday, 24 May. Somehow, I wish it was still three months away with all the preparation that we still need to do. And somehow, I wish we were already 24 May now. But (laughs) no, I'm super, super excited about it. So 24 May, Brussels be there or be whatever. Uh, not square. They're definitely no, not square. But we no, did no. Uh, we did finalize the agenda, the program. It's it's out. If you haven't seen it, folks, head on over to TechEU. It's going to remain the featured story uh, from, uh, well, quite frankly, right until the 24th of May, um, because there is an extremely exciting lineup. I'm going to be talking uh, quantum computers and space tech, which is uh, right up my nerd alley. But Fiona... Uh, in preparation for the upcoming summer, you spoke to a couple people this week. Tell us about it. Yes. Um, I spoke to, first of all, I spoke to Caroline Furberger. Uh, she's going to be joining the diversity panel at the summit. And um, she is going to be able to share her insights as a CEO and investor. So Caroline was formerly a male CEO of an insurance firm. Um, And it was only when she became a trans woman that she actually became aware of the gender gap in business. So she has some great insights to share with us. Um, So now what she uses our platform to do is um, to talk to male men in business because they listen to her. Um, She's not talking about her own experience. She's talking about other women's experiences because when she became a trans woman, women started to open up to her. So she's got some really great insights from both sides. And that's going to be on a diversity panel. So I'm really looking forward to chatting to her. Um, Also, I chatted to Svina Busson, who is the co-founder of the European EdTech Alliance. Um, She's going to be on the EdTech panel. So EdTech has had its main character moment since COVID. Let's face it, everybody has been jumping on that bandwagon. But um, there is still some areas that we're lacking in EdTech, particularly 
between third level education and employment. Like we still have a skills gap. We're always going to have a skills gap, but it doesn't seem to be closing anytime soon. Mm. So uh, there is a bit of a problem there that people are coming out with these amazing fancy degrees, but at the same time, when they go into employment, they still don't have the skills. Now that could be something to do with the fact that tech to- technology God, I can't even say the own the only word I need to know for my job. <laughs> Technology. <laughs> um, it could be the fact that it's just rapidly changing all the time, which I'm sure Nick is going to tell us about when he talks about AI. But at the same time, um, it's also like that the education system is just not keeping up, you know. So um, I did want to highlight, though, that we do have a course in Ireland. Sorry, I'm banging the Irish drum again. Um, it's in its first year, but the University of Limerick came up with an idea for an immersive software engineering um, you can do it as a degree, three years, or a master's, four years, where students get their academic qualifications, but they also get placements. Now, this isn't kind of like a placement where you would go for like two weeks, you know, as part of your degree, mm. but like you're, they're getting continuous placements, and these are with tech firms. When they opened this up to tech firms in Ireland and around the world, um, people jumped on it. I think they had more than 50 tech firms said, yeah, we want to get people involved in this. Now, the students do actually get paid. It's like they're working for these tech firms. They're working on live projects. And one of the first people that jumped on board with this initiative, of course, was Bobby Healy. He's a great supporter of getting um, young people into tech. So he's the founder of Mano Drone Aero. And hopefully at the summit where he's going to be talking Mm. about uh, drones and last mile delivery, I'd love to have a catch up with him to ask him how he feels that this new kind of apprenticeship come degree is going. And this is, in fact, the future of educating people so we can kind of lessen that skills gap. Always going to be there, but be nice to close it a little. Remind me, so Mana Drone, I mean, there was a big talk years ago, I guess it's years ago now, about, you know, Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime, uh, you know, they would be delivering uh, parcels via drones, uh, but that never really panned out or it hasn't panned out so far. But but if, if correct me if I'm wrong, but Mana is kind of picking up on that slack and they do have drones that will you know deliver ice cream to you. i mean i know you're a big fan of uh of uh, who what's the service in talon that you know that has the robots that'll bring you beer starship starship, starship not yes. that i've got them to bring me beer yet but i'm close to it lies lies <laughs> But yeah, um, actually, Mana, funnily enough, I happened to be messaging Bobby about something the other day, and he was like, but yeah, we can deliver coffee by drone. So he's got a couple of um, test places in uh, the UK, and we announced there only a few weeks ago that he's going to be in Texas now, in the States. But yeah, they have, I think they've Ben and Jerry's on board with them. I mean, like I do, I won't lie. On a Friday night, sometimes they use Bolt to bring me ice cream. So wouldn't it be great to get your ice cream via drone? I think that's amazing. I mean, hey, coffee and Ben and Jerry's, uh, you had me at hello, really. I know, but also that's giving you toothache and like uh, one of those brain freezes all at the same time. But yes, amazing. Yeah, teeth, highly overrated. <laughs> Well, you know, as far as the skills gap goes, and and uh, I'll agree with you, the education system really not keeping up. I mean, we're still, quite frankly, we're still operating on an education system that was founded in the uh, uh, the Victorian age. Um, AI, Nick, I'm scared. Unscare me, please. Yeah, it, what a what a week 
And, and when I say <laughs> week, I mean day, month, decade. Uh, yeah. AI. Um, this this week was uh, was really interesting. Um, Dan, you alerted me to, uh, and this ties right back into what Fiona was talking about. Chegg, um, mm. who is uh, uh, you know arguably an edtech uh, uh, company now, but they started off renting books and uh, they performed uh, beyond expectations for uh, their first quarter and uh, immediately on, <laughs> on announcing their uh, positive uh, quarter their uh, share stock uh, dropped by 50% and barely rebounded mm. uh, yeah. and that's kind of problematic of course nobody wants to see that in one day right. um, and that's because uh, AI yeah. And, yeah and funnily enough they had already announced that uh, uh, they themselves were uh, launching Checkmate their own uh, AI tool a month ago Clever, um, clever name. Exactly. But um, <laughs> what what uh, their CEO has said is, uh, yeah, in the beginning of uh, Q1, we had no problem. Uh, by the end of Q1, there was so much uh, interest in students using particularly chat GPT that it has become a problem. And uh, that's what caused the stocks to tumble from, uh, what is it, like uh, $18 to 9 And they're not mm. coming back. And uh, that that's going to be interesting. Building your own AI is... Uh, is not uh, an insignificant task. And then the week just got uh, uh, worse and worse and worse. Shopify, uh, obviously, you know, the uh, potential contender for Amazon uh, announced 20% uh, staff layoffs this week. And that's because uh, they're ditching their logistics divisions. They're going to outsource all of that again um, because they uh, say they need to focus on their core business. And their CEO basically said, we're heading into a decade of high velocity and massive change. We need speed, agility, and a massive amount of uh, innovation. We have to focus on our main quest. And uh, that just changed entirely, hinting at AI is the mm. best chance for them. Right. IBM then decided to go uh, all in. And uh, they're not firing anybody, but uh, they have uh, announced their CEO that uh, they will stop hiring for about 30% of their human non-customer-facing positions. That's about 7,800 uh, jobs that are being lost. I don't know why I'm doing air quotes. Nobody can see this. Um, <laughs> well, they know now. We can. <laughs> we can, and they're brilliant. Exactly. Uh, and I, I find this interesting. One, uh, uh, it's not going to be easy to replace those uh, that amount of work in the five years that the CEO is uh, uh, talking about. Mm. But I also find this fascinating uh, that that people we we you know are scared of Dan you are rightfully scared of AI taking jobs and I I don't think that's true I think AI is going to do a lot of work but work is not synonymous with a job there's plenty of work to be done so uh, that's going to be interesting and then you know just because it wasn't a crazy enough week uh, the UK <laughs> uh, government's competition watchdog has announced that they're going to do an entire review of the A market for the UK. Yesterday, the White House met with Alphabet, so Google, Anthropic, which is a part of OpenAI, OpenAI themselves, and Microsoft to talk about and then announcing new actions to promote responsible American innovation in AI to protect people's rights and safety. We're not even done with a week yet because, um, and I've completely forgotten his name, uh, George, sorry, Jeffrey Hinton who is kind IS. of like the godfather of AI, has been working for Google for many, many years, uh, quit his job at Google. Obviously, that was uh, quietly done a month ago. It came out this mm -hmm. week with a, a great interview uh, in The Guardian and probably other 
journalistic publications where he said, I needed to leave Google because uh, I've set something in motion that I can't undo. I'm genuinely terrified. I'm not quoting, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Mm. Uh, and I don't want to talk badly about Google, but I, I can't talk badly about AI whilst I work for Google. I think they've been uh, incredibly responsible, but uh, this is a problem. And now he's getting called by the White House and uh, Bernie Sanders and Elon Musk to uh, help figure out undoing all of this. And that's not even the best news of the week. The best news. But wait, is, there's more. <laughs> yeah, one more thing. Uh, about 24 hours ago, there was a, a document leaked that is uh, supposedly from uh, uh, a Google Inside memo. It's a long document, so we should put a link in the uh, show notes. But uh, basically, allegedly, some one person within Google wrote a memo that basically says, uh, "At Google for AI, we have no moat, and neither does Open AI." It talks about a lot of uh, very interesting and valid points about how you know these big companies have been focused on building massive models, uh, but the reality is the open source community and ecosystem has been working on very small and efficient and effective models, mm. and uh, all the big guys have been uh, fighting amongst themselves and completely missed the boat. I got to say, for me, if uh, open source can outcompete the big guys. I am a very happy person. Dan, I, I will add, it is slightly uh, uh, interesting, shall I say, mm. that uh, on the day Google, sorry, Alphabet is meeting with the White House, there is a leaked document that says, we as a monopoly are not actually a monopoly, and maybe we're <laughs> not doing so well. There's a little bit of cynic in me that uh, may flags that as suspicious. Hmm. Suspicious at best. With IBM going all in, IBM is also one of the world's largest, biggest developers of quantum computing. So, I mean, what happens when AI and quantum meet and, oh, God. It, oh, it, it, wait, wait. Is that the IBM that did uh, Deep Blue and uh, what was the other one called? Watson. Uh, Sherlock Holmes? Watson. Uh, oh, Watson. Watson. Yeah. Yes. Where, where, yes. I mean, they were way ahead of the curve, but if we're talking about missing the boat, their uh, uh, current uh, way of talking about Watson is a million times smaller than the hype when they launched it 10 plus years ago. Robin, Fiona, thoughts, AI, this week's developments? I have so many thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's too many to mention. I mean, it's like a year's worth of news in a week. It's insane. It's not yeah, going to get insane. better. I mean, just the sheer amount of news that's been coming out about the AI since the six months after OpenAI launched ChatGPT publicly is just mind-blowing yeah i remember you know doing a write-up and there would be a ai powered blah 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 or you know with an ai component i mean i just i don't even put those in my stories anymore because 99 percent of everything that we're writing about is there is some form of ai component in there yeah in fairness people are also sort of rebranding what they do to ai because it's the hype of the moment of course <laughs> kind of yeah, yeah. Surf the wave that it's always the happens blockchain the new blockchain <laughs> To bring things full circle, uh, as Robin mentioned at the top of the show here, uh, acquisitions, uh, while the rest of you were taking a day off on Monday, I was bored. And so I just decided to do some work on the day that celebrates labor workers. But uh, as did the Financial Times, apparently, because they were the first to break the story that uh, speedy grocery delivery giant Getir is now in acquisition talks with German competitor Flink. 
This story comes out just a few weeks after Business Insider reported that the company had raised another half a billion, one that included a uh, valuation drop uh, from an all-time high of $11.8 billion down to $6.5 billion, which I think reflects uh, pretty much the overall market attitude on these speedy delivery services. You know, when we when they uh, sprouted up like wildfire at the beginning of the uh, live at the office uh, experiment that we all went through, uh, you know, there seemed to be uh, one on every corner, but uh, they're all being, uh, you know, bought up, acquired, consolidated. And, uh, you know, Getir is one of the, the best funded in the business, as you mentioned in our last show that, uh, you know, the money was going to be used to keep the lights on and, and, and keep, uh, keep everything going. Hawks and Ventures' Hussein Kanji actually weighed in on this on Twitter, and uh, he just said, it's good to be well-funded. Getir is raised in the neighborhood of $2 billion at this point. Backers include Tiger Global, Mumbadala, and Sequoia, to name a few. If the deal goes through, this would effectively give Getir a monopoly on the speedy grocery delivery market in Europe. Uh, since 2021, they've acquired five companies. Uh, of course, the two of which, uh, the most notable being uh, Gorillas and UK-based Wheezy. So are there anti-monopoly rules and regulations in Europe? Yeah? No, so, not at all. No, no. I mean, you no. know, <laughs> it's a free, free market, right? I mean, w- would, this, would this fall under scrutiny from the European Commission? I mean, effective, like I said, they would effectively be a monopoly. I mean, GoPuff is the only other one I can think of that would be a contender. The, the thing with uh, when you when there are reviews about certain acquisitions and, and suspicions of monopoly, mm. you don't have to only have to look at how big are those companies within their market, but also how big are those markets mm-hmm. and how significant is the impact on society, humanity in general. And I think the speedy grocery delivery market is just not big enough to warrant that kind of uh, antitrust right. review. So right. I think it'll be fine. By the way, having a monopoly in a market with such low margins and such a, a really kind of shitty unit economics. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's, you know, of course, it yeah. looks like they're winning, but what are they winning at? You know? Yeah. So, well, it's good to be well-funded. It's yeah. good to be. Well, they're winning at, at being well-funded. And, uh, you know, I don't know. If Mana Drone can't get my ice cream to me faster, uh, they're winning at getting me ice cream on, on a Friday night. So, all right. And and then listen, one last story, because I know we're, we are running kind of, geez, wow, you know, we bring in a, an extra guest on and, and the show that the runtime multiplies exponentially. But yeah, but it was I, interesting. Thank you, Nick. Yes, thank you. Indeed. Uh, I do want to talk about Lilium. Uh, oh, Lilium. Oh, very appropriate, Man. Nick. You so Lil- Lilium uh, is a publicly listed company. I mean, they did a, a SPAC listing back in September of 2021, and they make electric vertical takeoff and landing jets. Cool stuff. It seems like Lilium is running out of money and running out of time. Uh, in November of last year, the company raised uh, $119 million in a concurrent private placement and registered direct offering, i.e. the sale of shares. And at the time, uh, Lilium said that the capital raise was going to be used to fuel further operations, press forward with R&D, blah, 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 blah. But one little sentence in that announcement stuck out to me that the capital would be used, quote, for general purposes which may include payment of Lilium's suppliers and working capital uses. Ouch. So, like, how very kind of them. 
Yeah, like they're not even paying their bills on time. Uh, but on Tuesday of this week, the company announced that it needs another $250 million to keep the show going and that $100 million had already been committed. Well, yours truly went digging through some SEC filings and found that the $100 million that was already pledged uh, arrived via existing backer Tencent and there's a caveat in there that they'd kick in another $75 million if and when another investor was found with a matching $75 million. In other words, Tencent is saying, hey, look, we'll keep backing you, but we're not going this alone. And adding to the company's woes, it's now facing a NASDAQ delisting as the share price dipped below the $1 mark on the 1st of March of this year. And at the time of this recording, hang on a second, where's my ticker? There it is. They are trading at 66 cents a share. Now, if you're not familiar with this, that falls into the penny stock range, uh, which is a big no-no on NASDAQ. And the standard operating procedure for NASDAQ is to issue a warning notice uh, after 30 days of trading below the $1 threshold, which... Uh, looking at the calendar, that would have already have happened. And then uh, they're given an additional 180 days of advance notice prior to delisting. So, you know, Lilium, I like, uh, I, I want this company to succeed. There's been tremendous amounts of R&D. And quite frankly, I mean, they're like Harrier jump jets that are made of electricity and they could like shuttle you around all over the place. It's a, it's, it's a cool, cool product. And I, I really want them to succeed. But you know, as we all know, hardware is hard and it's expensive. Lilium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well put, Nick. Well but put. I, but I agree very much with you, Dan. I mean, they're tackling such a big problem in such an ambitious way that, mm. I mean, I, I celebrate what they've done. Uh, obviously, uh, there was a risk of this not panning out. It doesn't look like it's going to. But uh, yeah, I mean, kudos to them for trying. We're almost out of time, but of course, Robin's always got one more thing. And I would have to say at the TechEU uh, headquarters, there's nothing more pressing right now than the summit agenda. For those of you that don't know, Robin is pretty much single-handedly putting this event together. I mean, not not on the back end of the technical, but the programming. Every, everybody that you're going to see and hear on stage. What are you up to? Like 12,000 emails between speakers and, and you know, like... <laughs> Yeah, just to give you an idea, I started looking for speakers back in September 22. So that's uh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. So that's a lot of emails, lots of conversations. Uh, but it's fun because I like uh, to pick pertinent topics, issues that we've also addressed in this podcast, uh, but also find the right speakers, make sure there's diversity on stage, make sure that they're from different places, uh, meaning different places geog geographically speaking, but also different stages and also from the academic world. Uh, entrepreneurs, but also investors, etc. So I think we have a good group, uh, about 90 speakers uh, that are going to come down to Brussels. And I got to say, Robin, I, uh, I have a lot of critique on the uh, tech events world, and I will take my hat off. Figuratively, I'm not wearing a hat, of course. Uh, <laughs> on the diversity that you have in your speaker lineup this year, that is incredible. 
Thank you very much. I think last year we got to, I think it was 46% were female and I was not happy with that because I wanted to be more than 50. So hopefully we'll get to uh, the right number this year. But thank you for pointing that out. So lots of female leaders, uh, very, very strong businesswomen, but also investors and whatnot uh, joining us. Very, very happy with the, with the lineup that we've managed to, uh, to secure. Um, I will say a, l- a little bit more about the agenda. Um, a lot of the topics that we've addressed today, things like drone delivery, last mile delivery, quantum computing, AI is going to be a big topic, not just artificial intelligence in itself, but also the ethics of AI and AI for good. Um, we're going to talk about ad tech, which we've also, also addressed. We're going to talk about the European venture market and the exit uh, environment that we're dealing with at the moment. So all of these things are going to be addressed on stage by experts by people who know what they're talking about so i'm looking forward to that uh, and i hope you are too uh, dear team and dear nick uh, and for those who are listening who haven't secured their tickets yet uh, you can get them at a hundred euro discount still so don't waste your time don't hesitate and get those tickets and in addition to the star-studded agenda Robin won't uh, plug this himself but well let's just say you might want to show up to the after party because uh He's a damn good writer, but uh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Mr. Vouters may know a thing or two about the ones and the twos and the four on the floor. That's all I'm going <laughs> to say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully there won't be any of that. But uh, yeah, there, there, there might be a certain uh, founding editor uh, banging out some tunes at the after party in Brussels on the evening of the 24th of May. Can I get a tiger roar for that? There you go. That is the lazy. That is <laughs> just the laziest tiger I've ever heard. All right, listen. Before we give Nick any more uh, reason to tap dance on that soundboard, anybody got anything else? Great. Me neither. As always, my name is Dan Taylor. Yours is not. I've been joined today by Robin's underwater on bass. Nick Stevens on soundboard. Fiona has been uh, lead guitar. I'm going to go with lead guitar this week. Absolutely. That's it for us, folks. Have a great weekend. We are out of here.